Welcome to the Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, helping sales-focused professionals discover new tools, trends, and strategies. Please welcome your host, Bill Bannum. Okay, welcome to the July Sales Pro Chats interview, uh, looking at the topic of building a personal brand and how to leverage it to grow your sales. If you're not leveraging your personal brand in conjunction with your company brand, you're missing out. Today, we're extremely fortunate to be joined by two huge names in the sales space to discover how salespeople can build their personal brands in order to grow sales. Bob Phipps is an internationally recognized motivational speaker, entrepreneur, sales trainer, author, franchiser, and consultant. Matt Koenig is one of the most sought after speakers in mobile marketing, leadership, selling, and Hispanic automotive marketing. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. Bob, please tell our audience a wee bit about yourself. Well, I'm Bob Phipps, the retail doc. I help retailers or any brands out there selling consumer products, how to work with their dealer network. And I've been, I think I'm in my 24th year now and I've also been a franchisor working with a, you ever saw Weeds, the TV show on, uh, uh, I forget what network that was on, but in any event, we were the coffee house on them and I worked with some of the biggest brands in the world like Isvarna Viking or Brother or Beer Bradley or Lego or on and on and on. Basically, how do we take a stranger and make them, with our rapport abilities, make them into, um, uh, a partner so that we can become a trusted advisor in the sales process instead of just another guy trying to sell some crap at a discount. There you have it. Awesome. Thank you, Bob. And Matt, uh, please share some insights about who you are and how you help salespeople. Thanks, Bill. Uh, who I am is a, a guy that's been in the, in the sales marketing, leadership, and automotive industry for a little more than two decades. What we really focus on is helping people humanize business relationships again. You know, a lot of a lot of folks are so focused on uh, detaching themselves with, with tools like social media and things that are designed to help us connect faster and better. Um, many organizations have utilized those tools in a way that created detachment instead of uh, engagement. So what we really focus on is helping people learn to lead their team well and helping their team learn to build real connections. And uh, primarily, we spend a lot of time helping automotive manufacturers uh, like Toyota and Chevrolet and others. So that's, that's really what we do and, and what we're passionate about is, is helping people connect with people. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I'm the uh, I'm the usual host here, Bill Bannum, and I'm super excited uh, to have you guys joining us today. Uh, let's jump straight in with the, the first question. Um, Bob, to you first, if I may. In, in your opinion, what's the difference between personal brand and the corporate brand? And how should you use them differently in the sales process? 
Well, I wouldn't personally want to sell a corporate brand that I didn't believe in, so there's that. I think that great salespeople align themselves with uh, great brands because um, that brand is going to attract people and does an awful lot before you open your mouth. As far as personal brand goes, I think that, uh, you know, the reality is that there's too many places to buy too much from the, uh, too many people. And uh, so how are you going to stand out in a world of, of discount and price? And it really down to personal branding, and that's everything from how professional you look on LinkedIn to what you talk about to what you share and to ultimately um, how you create an exceptional experience for somebody. Okay, thank you very much. Matt, what about your take? You know, I think that's a, a really good question. I think a lot of people struggle with differentiating the two and wondering if there's room for both. You know, I hear a lot of people that are concerned that when they're when their sales team starts building a personal brand, does it take away from the corporate brand? And what I would say the difference is, is basically this. You know, when uh, whether you think about a, a television or, or an automobile or a, a mobile phone, people think, you know, I want to go check out the new iPhone. So they, it, oftentimes they start, in the beginning, they start with the brand in mind. And so a, a company that builds a strong corporate brand um, helps people, you know, think about the product. But once they've got the product in mind, then they've got multiple people to choose from. That's where that personal branding comes in. So if I say, you know what, I'm looking for for a new Cadillac ELR, I want an electric vehicle, then I start searching online and I see blocks and things like that from people in a local dealership. Then I see, okay, well, Bob over at Cadillac dealers, you know, it shares a lot of useful info. Maybe I'll reach out to Bob. Once I've connected with him, though, when he continues that, that personal branding and, and showing me how he, you know, as was just mentioned, stands out from the crowd, what makes him different, what makes him better, I think the personal brand helps you take the next step and it helps you continue to do business with someone. But I think the corporate brand opens you up to the consideration, if that makes sense. It does, and it's a great lead-in uh, to, to the next question, um, which is, Matt, perhaps you'd like to go first this time. Why does personal brand matter? when you're selling? Well, I think that people buy from people. And it sounds like an old cliche, but the fact of the matter is this. Just about any product can be bought from just about anyone. And just about any service can be provided by just about anyone. As Bob said, you know, too many people selling too many things to, to too many people. I truly believe there's enough money to go around for everyone to be doing business. The challenge is there are too many people that aren't different in the marketplace selling the same products to the same people. So I think, um, you know, personal branding matters because people buy from people they like. Jeffrey Goodman says, all things being equal, people buy from friends. All things not being equal, they still buy from friends. So the reality is, if you're able to properly build a relationship, even with people you've never met, but properly build a presence so they feel like they know you, they feel like you're a human being, that personal branding will set you apart from the competition and help people take that next step to consider you as the person they buy the product from. Because I truly believe at the end of the day, people want, they want people. I completely agree. Um, Bob, would, would you add anything uh, to why personal brand matters when, when selling? Well, I think personal brand, I mean, to me, you know, in the old days, I'm 58, in the old days, you know, I don't think you've ever heard Zig Ziglar or some of the old sales guys talk about personal branding. They just come up being a better salesperson. So ultimately, how you build rapport and how much value you add and how you're able to really connect with a customer, that hasn't changed at all. I think we've just changed the nomenclature around it that 
oh, well, that's my personal brand. I mean, I'm the retail doctor. That's the brand that I built 23 years ago, and that stands for something as that. Um, but if I was, um, you know, I just was looking at a new uh, Audi Q7, and uh, I was the guy was waiting on me. He says, um, I, I said, what do you know about me? He goes, oh, I didn't have time to check you out. And I thought, that's a big miss, dude. This is $70,000 car. Um, you could have easily found out about me on LinkedIn. You could have easily checked my email address and found my brand online, and then we'd have had something in common. You wouldn't even have to say you did that. You just would have known the right things to, to talk about. So, um, you know, even at the highest end, it's still seen as um, I'm just going to sell the product like anybody else. So to me, a personal brand really fits into more of how do you do business and what are you looking at and are you using every advantage to make your um, yourself stand out above the four or five other guys that are on the lot or on the sales floor or knocking on the door or making the cold calls. So, Bob, in your opinion, what are the big advantages of personal brand and, and using your personal brand for selling over um, hiding behind the corporate identity? Uh, well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I could see um, the other side of that as well. You know, I work with sales organizations where you got the cowboys out there. You know, let's make a deal and yeehaw, we'll do whatever we need to to get the sales <laughs> numbers. And uh, that's not a great brand ID to have for your uh, corporate brand, I'll tell you that, because they can make it that I am your only friend, and I think that can be pretty detrimental to everybody. But let's face it, um, people move around, especially at sales, and so if they enjoyed the uh, the service that you gave them, that having a personal brand when you move on uh, helps those customers move with you. I think that's probably the number one thing that would um, be a reason you should be thinking of your own personal brand and what that looks like. Um, Matt, uh, in, in your opinion, the advantages of using a personal brand over a corporate identity in the context too of driving sales for for the company that you work for i think that is a really fantastic question i think it depends on the size of your company and let me say uh, let me let me explain what i mean by that um you know if you're a smaller company right you have you know organization you know under 10 20 people whatever um it's i think it's critical you know a lot of people know you know uh, the person who speaks to the event so the person who who does all the videos for the company, and, you know, that, that person, whether intentionally or unintentionally, you know, builds their personal brand, and people get to know them. Now, fast forward to a larger brand strategy. Look at, like, an Apple, um, a Google, a Facebook, right? When you got these companies where the company name is a verb, you're, you're a lot less likely to have, um, you know, Billy the sales guy build a personal brand uh, for himself at Apple. Now, that doesn't mean it's impossible, um, but if I work at, let's say, the Apple store in the mall, well, I'm probably getting an hourly wage. But let's say I'm getting commission. I'm probably going to, on my Facebook, you know, let people know that I work at the Apple store. I'm going to talk about the advantages of Apple over Android. I'm going to try and build uh, my personal identity in my local community with the people that already like, trust, and respect me to help build a personal brand. But I think it's going to vary by the size of your organization the impact that a personal brand will have. Listen, if you work at Walmart and you're a cashier, it probably doesn't make sense for you to go online and build a personal brand for people to come to your aisle at Walmart. But if you're in commission sales in any sort of facet, you're building relationships, 
I, I think it's going to then go hand in hand. So it's not that there's a benefit of the personal brand over the corporate, but if you're in a commission sales position, you're going to utilize the, the power of the corporate brand and say, I'm the guy that can take care of you better than anyone else who sells Apple products, so come and see me. You know, I'm the guy that can take care of you better than anyone else who sells Cadillac, so come see me. But I don't think it's the one better than the other. I think it's truly... Anytime you're in a large organization, it must go hand in hand. And the smaller organization is where, let's not get ourselves, even if you quote unquote fear corporate because you talk about your company, if you're a small startup, small company, it really it is a personal brand because they usually know a person there. Oh, you're with this company? Oh, I just know Matt. Or, oh, I just know Chris. Uh, does that make sense? Absolutely. And uh, to the point earlier, people buy from people. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Excellent. Bob, what are your in terms of tips for for our audience? What what are your what are your top insights in in terms of ways to develop an effective personal brand? And what does that brand look like? Where should it live? Social media, of course, but other places as well, perhaps. Well, I mean, branding is really just how am I going to sell this product? <laughs> Let's be honest. So. If that's the case, then you have to have some there there to begin with. You know, just quoting a bunch of old sales guys and saying the book that you read and you saw this article over there, that's not going to be very memorable. So my number one tip for anybody that's in sales is you better find a way to have a blog or something that you write down your thoughts, why you are um, the guy to buy from. So, um, you know, it's... I work in the retail industry. It's it would be I think it would be tougher to be to do that. But I would probably if I was in um, upscale watches or jewelry or something, and I and I could demonstrate that I knew uh, common factors that uh, people should be aware of, or had some interest of of a way to take the complex and make it simple. I would absolutely have a blog, and I would absolutely be able to refer people to that for frequently asked questions. So that they could share it, and I actually am a thought leader on that. That's a lot harder than it sounds. Don't get me wrong. I I write a hell of a lot, and I've got three books. But at the end of the day, if you can't concisely put it down in four or five hundred words, what makes you different, or what your expertise is, then I think it's going to be harder for you on the sales floor too. Because once you've done exercise, of course, you can you can share that around on LinkedIn or Facebook or. Twitter or to a lesser extent Instagram, you could take that and you could make a, uh, a quick video about, uh, out of it. You could go through and uh, you come up with an infographic from it. You have stuff to email people. You've got some way to talk to people. And let's be honest, if you have a boss or uh, someone, a sales manager, um, when they start to realize why you're so successful and they see the things you're doing, um, it's going to be a no-brainer that you're the one that deserves a better territory or the higher commission, et cetera. But that's how we show initiative in 2016. I don't think it's necessarily knocking on more doors, and uh, I'm dating myself even by saying that, but making more cold calls than that. It's really showing how you are different and that you really do understand what that is instead of just here's five facts about copiers for example that no one cares about awesome thank you very much and and matt uh, as a as a as an expert who's actually at, at a huge event today and uh, all over social media and um very much 
um, an innovator uh, in, in video production and speaking and lots of other awesome activities. Um, what, what are your top tips uh, to develop that awesome personal brand? I would say the best way to, uh, to, to build a personal brand is not someone, it's, it's not be the one that's building it. So I can, I can talk to Andrew in the face about why I think people should listen to me and why I think, you know, people will like what I have to say. But the reality is the best way to build a personal brand is to do something epic and memorable so much so that other people will talk about you. So I spoke this morning. And there were some great, great tweets that were shared. And I, I, I appreciated those. I, I, I really did. Because those are the things that then I had, you know, we had someone come to our booth. That, and I had a girl walked up and she was so flattered. And she said, hey, this is the guy I was telling you about this morning. Someone else came up. Hey, I heard you on this interview, uh, the dealer playbook. And it was, it was so inspiring. They did A, B, and C for me. And I think the best way to build a personal brand is to be authentic and, and, and keep the buzzword out of there. Um, to, to just be real to serve people well, and when you're serving them, show them why you're better than everyone else. Um, a lot of people, when they think about building a brand, they think about, you know, well, I've got to post 15 times on Facebook, I've got to do 32 Twitter you know, tweets, I've got to, you know, do X amount of Instagram posts, I've got to be on Snapchat, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And really, that's just not true. Social networks have, have become anti-social networks and ways to keep people at arm's length. So, my best tips for developing, uh, best tips for developing an effective personal brand are step one, you've got to care so that you can actually truly interact with the people that you're interacting with. Uh, and step two, you've got to be consistent and be the person that you've been saying you are. You can't tell people, I'm all about doing this, uh, I'm all about marketing this way, but then when they look at the way you market your company and yourself, it's completely different. You have to just be authentic. And that, that will help establish that brand where people say, that person, they're, they're the real McCoy. They walk their talk, and they care enough to help me do it, too. Um, I don't personally think it's about going on every social network and, and telling everybody you're an expert in everything. I think it's about going on and sharing helpful tips and telling people, here's how you can do this yourself. But by the way, if you struggle with it, we're good at it, and we can help you do it better. And, and letting them teach the things. So to develop a brand, be yourself, show people that you care, and let them develop the brand for you. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Bob, we've just been speaking about all of the things that you should do. Um, now it's time to think perhaps a little bit about some of those things that you should try and avoid. What, what are the possible pitfalls of, of using your personal brand for selling purposes? Well, ultimately, I think the tightrope you walk is the brand um, is secondary to the customer, so and you're secondary to the brand, so it's like customer, brand, and you. Otherwise, you're kind of pretty much just saying me, me, me. I think that the um, you know at the end of the day, if it's if it's all about I'm the only guy that can do things, because let's be honest. Um, that's got to be in there somewhere, but it's a fine line, I think, how to, how to keep that. I was actually in, uh, quick stories in Glendale, California, um, a few weeks ago, and I walked into Perch, which is a great, they're a, a high-end home appliance store like you haven't seen. There's about eight of them across the U.S. They're amazing. And uh, I walked in, I'm looking around, this guy comes up from behind me, and he goes, you're Bob, right? I was like, right, dude. He goes, yeah, we shipped you uh, something. It was, what, 
six months ago, how'd that work out for you? And I go, it worked out really well, but that was like 18 months ago. I said, how do you do that? He goes, that's just a gift I've got. And he just went on about talking about the, the stuff we were looking at and introduced himself as Lou. Well, Lou is, stands out in my head that that guy was pretty exceptional. But it still came down to, let's be honest, he's here at Perch. He's still a Perch, you know, employee, and he's still talking about the brand, but he was able to make his mark on that interaction. I really respected that. Thank you very much. Matt, um, your insights in terms of things to avoid when using your personal brand uh, for the purposes of, of reaching new markets and, and generating revenue? You know, um, I, I may have a little different take. I, um, for me, and again, we, we are, uh, while we may be recognized widely, um, we're a smaller company. So for me, I don't look at it as a separation of the two and how I function. So I'm the person that will tell you I'm the same guy on stage as I am at home, as I am uh, in our booth, as I am out at the bar having uh, dinner and drinks with friends. So for me, um, I, I think the things that you don't do are, if you're going to use, let's say, um, personal social media sites, and you're going to talk about your business, quote-unquote, corporately, um, then you, you have to be intelligent about what you share in your personal life. Um, right? Because I'm the, I'm the same guy everywhere, and there's nothing that I do that I feel like I, you know, I wouldn't want shared. Uh, I don't worry about it too much, but I know a lot, a lot of businesses function differently on that. So you don't do. Uh, here's what you don't do. Don't post those great college memories of you leaning over a toilet because you had a, a rager at your frat party. Um, because that may damage your corporate identity. On the flip side, if you utilize uh, social marketing, social media like Facebook, where you've built relationships with people that are genuine. Like, like you know, Lou may have been 12 months behind on, on the appliance that they, they saw Bob, but Lou still, still remembers, right? So it's good that he at least remembered a year and a half later. But here's the deal. If you build friendships and relationships and then your social marketing, which is, let's face it, where everything is at right now, if, if your social marketing is all talking about what you sell and what people should buy from you, Eventually, they stop viewing you. They stop listening. You become white noise because you become everybody else. So I would say the biggest don't do in your personal brand, don't vomit information about what you sell all over people. Offer to serve them. If, if they need help with X, don't forget they can reach out to you. And don't blast that out 20 times a day. Share it every now and then and then share useful content that they can utilize on their own. Uh, and avoid being the person who is just all about me, 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 brand, 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 brand. Okay, so be authentic and avoid those embarrassing photos from, from college. <laughs> um, exactly. Okay, guys, here's a scenario for you. Um, you are, you're a salesperson and you're going for a, a job interview and, uh, and you're getting to the point where you're, uh, it looks like you're going to be uh, brought on and you're, you're talking about how much you're worth to the company. In, in your opinion, uh, Bob, if you'd like to go first on this one, uh, should salespeople uh, with a bigger network, a, a wider reach, uh, more brand, personal brand presence, should, should they get paid more money? You know, this is such a gray area because I'm having trouble getting my head around, you know, in Matt's case, as a salesman, he's a salesman for his own company. In my head, I'm thinking of this as like that Audi salesman. That's how I'm looking at it. Or a person who's selling, you know, the pharmaceutical rep or a, uh, a 
I was going to say copier rep that dates me, but you get the idea that um, what I was kind of envisioning this person that we're talking about um, is. So if that's the case, I don't know that I don't know that we would be looking. I don't know if I was going to hire a salesperson. Personally, I don't know that I would look for that. Um, you know, what did I hear at one point that uh, most car dealers know that a new salesperson is good for probably three cars, one for themselves and a friend and uh, and their friend, and they that's kind of the way that they used to, to think of it. Um, you know, I think that's the way you would still, that's just a modern way to, to say that same thing if they had a bigger network. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, if they had um, if they had more to say and they had people more engaged, it's still going to come down to your numbers, isn't it? I mean, I don't care. Let's face it. You can buy still buy Twitter followers and everything else. At the end of the day, what are your numbers and what's your close ratio and what do your customers say after they've done work with you? And if I was going call uh, customer service, how many people are uh, calling back because you over-promised and under-delivered or people who felt that they paid more than they should have because your commission was tied to, you know, there's any number of ways I would do it over a number of followers. I mean, that said, as a speaker, I'm thrilled I got 50,000 followers on LinkedIn. They obviously are interested in what I have to say, but that's not why somebody should hire me for a speech. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and Matt, uh, what do you think? Do you think someone with the proverbial uh, address book of potential clients, uh, whether that's through social media or other channels, do, do you think that they're they're worth more money at the point of hire, or would you would you tend to agree with Bob's point there? It's it's more about uh, the results that they that they create once they're in the job. Uh, actually, it's great that you brought that up because this morning in the session that I was teaching on was all about social, and I let everyone know that uh, in the past almost decade. Uh, I've made more money in the past 10 months from social than I did in the past decade. And uh, at the beginning of this year, I, I, I got rid of over 2,000 connections I had on Facebook and oh, almost 5,000 on Twitter. And people are like, well, wait a minute. Why would you Why would you disconnect from 7,000 people? And the reality was because they weren't real connections. They were not. So to Bob's point, you know, you can buy followers. None of these were bought, by the way. They were all real people. But they didn't engage with me. We didn't have a dialogue. They weren't actual quote-unquote friends that I built a relationship with. So I thought, I'm cluttering their timeline, they're cluttering mine. We shouldn't be connected. If I wouldn't sit down and shake your hand, or if I hadn't, you know, you can still follow me, you can still see stuff, but we don't need to be connected. So someone with a larger network sometimes can be a detriment because they waste a bunch of time getting, you know, more likes, more followers, more this, and they, and they have zero production value. And I don't just mean close ratio. I mean... You know, somebody may be a, you know, they may not be a 20-car automotive salesperson, maybe a 13-car automotive salesperson. However, they may have more of their customers be repeat referral buyers that, that bring a higher profit margin. Uh, more of their buyers may be local, so they may continue to service with our dealership, which, of course, brings us more profit. Well, they may just be an amazing person that everybody talks about my store because of them, right? And for me, I don't do a lot of the selling for our dealership. I have to booth more as a face uh, while our team's working here because I speak a lot. Um, and so I don't, I don't get, I, unfortunately, I don't get to do a lot of the, the, the selling. Um, and, I, and I miss a little bit of that. But i got to tell you, you know, if people got paid more based on their network, I would have just taken a, a horrendous pay cut uh, because I got rid of 80% of my network. 
But I'll tell you, by doing so, I was able to build great relationships, bring in better revenue for our company, for my business partners and myself. And I think that we as, as organizations have to stop looking at likes, likers, followers, and start looking at interaction, relationships, and long-term, are we going to know these people five vehicles from now or five televisions from now? And I think that's important. Awesome. Thank you very much. So I, I think... I think there's a agreement there from you both that it's more about the relationships and the quality than than necessarily the, the quantity uh, and and breadth of, of your of your reach. Um, Absolutely. So we're going to wrap up in just a moment, but uh, before we finish today's interview, uh, I'd I'd like to invite each of you, um, Matt, if you'd like to go first, in, in terms of t- telling the CPSA audience a little bit about how they can learn more about you. Uh, and, and your activities, how they can follow you perhaps on Twitter and be one of those really and engaged uh, followers. Um, and, and, and anything else you'd like to say to the audience with, with regards to personal branding today? Yeah, I, I would just say, you know, um, I, I appreciate that you brought that up. Um, so the best way to connect, uh, there, there are two ways. One, facebook.com forward slash that's Matt, T-H-A-T-S-M-A-T. Um, and then that'll connect with me on Facebook about three to five days a week. I do live streams that talk about um, marketing, uh, relationship building, motivation, uh, strengthening your brand, uh, and, and building repeat referral business. And also on Twitter at Conigo, which is K-O-N-I-G-C-O. Um, and here's what I'll say um, as a last tip. Um, stop trying to monetize humanity. Um, too many businesses uh, are relying on analytics to tell them who the right customers to market to and why that's the right customer to market to. And they've lost all of their intuition. Um, we hide behind the emails, text messages, and chats instead of having real dialogues, real conversations. We've got a, a, a supercomputer in our pocket that also has a telephone built in, yet we're afraid to answer it and we're afraid to make calls from it. So uh, if you want to build your personal brand, let people know that you're, you're actually a human being that cares, and, uh, and then start acting like it. And I think, uh, I think that's a, a great place to start. And, of course, connect on Facebook and Twitter and a couple – couple of days a week, you'll, you'll see more tips and things that, that will hopefully help strengthen all of that for you. Wonderful. Thank you, Matt. Bob, uh, same, same to you. Um, is, is there anything you'd like to, to finish off with? To connect with a retail doc, certainly go to retail doc, short for retaildoctor.com. You can join my 13,000 Facebook fans as the retail doctor or the same on Twitter or uh, there's something interesting on LinkedIn or buy my book, The Retail Doctor's Guide to Growing Business, or see some of my posts on America Express or Retail Wire or any number of places. But I think at the end of the day, um, the curious ones are the ones who want to learn, right? So at the end of the day, there's no magic to selling. There's no thing you're going to hear that's going to be, wow, the moon is made of green cheese. That's amazing. What it really comes down to is it's like throwing a ball. Anyone can learn how to throw a ball. But you're not going to be Derek Jeter if you're not going to practice, right? You can't learn the scales on a piano and expect you're going to be Billy Joel. So everything should be a curiosity to say, how can I do better? And the most, the, probably the best advice for a salesperson nowadays is simply look at when you did and didn't make a sale and what did you bring to the table, not the customer. So again, I'm Bob Gibbs, the retail doctor, and uh, connect with me anywhere across the web. Wonderful. Bob, Matt, Thank you again so much for joining us today. Uh, This has been an awesome session. um, And uh, 
we look forward to continuing to to read your blog posts on the CPSA website and on your own websites and uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure just like myself uh, you'll 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 see lots of new and engaged real people uh, following you from the CPSA audience over the coming weeks. So thanks again for for joining us today. Thank you for listening to Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association.